Hey guys, and welcome back. This is Jeremy Laverne, your host of Man Revealed. Tonight, tonight I got a little solo episode. Um, I'll be honest with you, I just got real busy. We had a, the winter storm and everything over here, so I uh, wasn't able to get with anybody to record. Uh, but I wanted to put something out. I wanted to be, you know, I want to stay consistent uh, for those who are listening. And I thought tonight that I'd kind of do a recap, let you know how I'm feeling, how the family's doing, uh, some things that has changed, some things I have tried. Uh, so yeah, so let's get into the little episode here. It's going to be kind of short and sweet tonight. And uh, I promise to get back on the interviews uh, here next week. Uh, so episode 009, let's get it. All right, so a little update on me. Um, it's been a couple months now since I started the podcast and uh, had some great guests. I have been having some great feedback from people, uh, so it's definitely doing exactly what I want to do. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, thousands and thousands of people across the world isn't listening to this, but I think the people who want to listen to it and hopefully the, the people that need to listen to it have heard some things or have gotten some things from it, uh, and it's helped them out. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for that, and I'm still excited to do this. Um, so we just got done with the, the winter storm, the rolling year of disaster and torture uh, stays here with us here in southwest Louisiana. Uh, fortunately, we were only out of electricity for about six hours, I guess, but we were out without water uh, for about three days, um, which still wasn't bad. We managed, uh, you know, fortunately, we had some family in town that we were able to go take a shower and those kind of things. So, um, again, just fortunate, uh, no damages or anything like that. Um, I know up north, Texas and all the other states and, you know, to the east, uh, really got it hard, really got it hard. People losing their lives and stuff because of this this winter storm. So uh, praying for all those families and, and those that, that didn't have near what we have. So um, very thankful for what we have and, and us getting through it. So during, also during the winter storm, I, I did have COVID. I tested positive. Uh, that was also good. I only had a couple of days of some dizziness, little headaches. Uh, very fortunate that my wife and kids did not catch it. Um, and it's not like we were quarantining because uh, I mean, we stayed home, but we were bundled up together, right? It was 15 degrees. Um, so it was good. I mean, they didn't get it, um, and I'm over it. So got those good antibodies, and uh, we're going we're gonna to move on from it. Uh, so we had the winter storm, had COVID, and I ended up increasing my medicines. Um, with the winter storm, just the stress of it. Uh, worried about the small kids, worried about losing electricity, um, just got stressed out. Um, I just am a person that handles stress differently. 
um, under normal circumstances, if, if this was just the only thing that we've had to deal with over the last year, uh, I might not would have reacted as bad or maybe my symptoms wouldn't have been as bad. But with everything going on, you know, I'm still not quite 100% uh, recovered from the hurricanes, you know, or the stress that I dealt with from the hurricane. So believe me, it's, uh, it sucks to keep talking about it. Um, but it's, but it's real, you know, it's what I'm going through right now. It's a struggle that, like I said, has been with me for 20 years and is going to be with me for the rest of my life. But I have found ways to cope with it better and to overcome them better. Um, but I felt like at this point I needed to increase my medicine uh, to help me get through this rough patch and, and it has helped you know for about seven days I had some side effects some headaches and things uh, just from the up the up dosage um, but those have now subsided and I'm feeling good so I'm happy for that you know I'm feeling a little more myself now and laughing and cutting up and uh, not nearly as scared and and anxious so happy for that it's going it's going well um, you know God has really provided and I've come across some things that have helped too so getting to that um, I've already told you all about David Goggins again if you haven't done it yet go check him out get his book listen to his podcast that he's been on uh, Wim Hof I may have spoke on Wim Hof uh, W-I-M-H-O-F-F uh, he is a breathing he has a breathing technique that he does and a cold water exposure that he does uh, and I've been doing that often over the last couple months since I started the podcast. And it's a very unique way of breathing where you're taking big, big, deep breaths in and letting your breath out. And you're doing it fairly quickly for 30 reps. And then when you let your, your breath out for the 30th time, you let all your air out and then you hold your breath or you hold your, um, empty breath for as long as you can and then you stop you know when you can't hold your your empty breath anymore you take a big deep breath in hold it for 15 seconds and then let it out and you repeat that for three rounds and he has uh, guided routines on YouTube uh, it's very easy to follow and uh, man you'd be surprised I, I was so surprised the first time I did it I held my breath for a minute a minute and 30 seconds and a minute and 45 seconds, you know, a, a empty breath. And I was surprised because I can't hold my breath for, for anything. Uh, and I was really amazed by just after about three, four days of doing that, just how much better I felt. Uh, so I started doing more research on, on breath work and breathing and what it does to your mind and what it does to your nervous system. And I'm not even going to try to get into that because I don't know it by heart yet, but it definitely does something with your, your nervous system and it, it just slows things down, almost resets it. So if you're someone that struggles with, uh, you know, panic attacks or anxiety or stress, look them up, Wim Hof, look it up on YouTube, do one of the, uh, the guided videos. Uh, you won't regret it. Uh, you know, lay down while you're doing it. Uh, it's helped a bunch and it's something that I think that I'm going to use from here on out until maybe I find something different. But I really have found in some research and stuff that that breath work really is key for stress and definitely panic attacks. Whenever you're in the middle of a panic attack, 
if you can just stop and take the, these breaths like he talks. Or there's another one that's called box breathing. And box breathing is you take a deep breath, you breathe in for a count of however you want. So let's say 10 seconds. So you breathe in for 10 seconds, hold for 10 seconds, breathe out for 10 seconds, and hold that empty breath for 10 seconds. Kind of like a box, right? 10, 10, 10, 10. And do that four or five times. And then immediately, like I said, maybe your, your parasympathetic nervous system, that might be the one. Um, but it does something with the nervous system and it, and it resets it or it goes to that other nervous system where it takes you out of that uh, fight, flight, or, or fear, or, or freeze uh, stage and it resets you. So it helps. Uh, so maybe look into that if you have you know panic attacks or, or anxiety or something like that. Um, it's helped. I, I've tried it, like I said, and it's done good for me. Uh, so got an update on me. The family's doing well. Um, just doing more research, trying to find things that's helped me get through this this rough patch. It has been a rough six months for me. Um, probably this this has probably been the roughest patch that I've dealt with since I started my anxiety. You know, and in, in when I was 14 years old, when I didn't know what was going on. You know, I had my first panic attack and stuff. Um, it, it's probably been as rough as that, just not understanding, you know, exactly what's going on and, and why. So it's, it's been a rough patch, but we're getting through it. We're getting through it. God willing, we're, I'm going to keep on pushing till I beat this stuff because uh, I just can't give up. I got a wife and four kids and uh, there's, you know, got to wake up and, and get on about the day. Uh, so what I'd really like to talk about as well, you know, since I've kind of caught y'all up on on what's changed for me and, and some techniques that I have found that's helped me out. I want to talk about discipline. Because again, doing the more research that I've done, I found that nutrition has a key to help mental illnesses. So, you know, the foods and stuff we eat a lot, you know, it's so convenient to get fast food. You know, kids are playing baseball games, basketball games, uh, dance practice, uh, so after school during the week, you might not get home till seven o'clock. You know, so you don't have time to cook supper. You're just grabbing. So the food, you know, the, uh, standard American diet, they call it is just trash. You know, we are unhealthy. Um, even when we are eating healthy, our fruits and vegetables and, and even the meats that we eat, the soil and stuff that it's grown in is so, you know, GMO modified uh, you know, using the roundups and all that stuff that, that they've been talking about, you know, I've been kind of getting that deep in nutrition. It's just not as good as our ancestors had it. You know, they, a lot of our ancestors, maybe even some of our family members still do farm, you know, and that's a good thing, but I don't, and, um, I don't know anybody personally that does. So I have to find alternatives. And what that's going to be for me is just turning to more of a uh, fruits, vegetables, and and meat diet. Um, even though it might not be as nutrient dense as it once was back in the day, it's definitely something that I need to do to help myself. Uh, you know, it's still better than the the double quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's. Yeah, it tastes great, 
but it's trash for me and for my body and all of our bodies, to be honest. But somebody that's struggling with mental illnesses and things like that, I have to discipline myself. I have to eat better. I have to take care, you know, better care of myself. And that's something where I struggle because, you know, even, even how bad I feel, how scared I am, how, how stressed out I am the last six months, you think that I would do whatever it takes and I would just be, you know, full steam ahead and eating right, doing my breathe work techniques and just doing it every day, you know, praying every day. But as soon as I have that glimmer of feeling good, you know, uh, that glimmer of hope that, okay, I'm, I'm back to normal, I almost have amnesia and forget about what I just went through. And I'll go grab a Coke or go grab fast food or, uh, you know, stop praying. Um, so discipline is, is key. And I'm kind of been hard on myself about it because, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's almost you know, bass backwards, as they would say, because I should be jumping at every chance that I have to, to do anything that I think that would help me. And I'm going that route because, like I said, it's been six months and I have to get this through. I have to start feeling better. So discipline. Um, one of the things I was fortunate, I, I got asked to go talk to some confirmation kids. Um, they're on their confirmation retreat. And, you know, for you uh, may not know, you know, Catholics, um, through grade school, you go through CCD or, or prep, they call it. And you make your sacraments as you, you go through your stages of life. Well, your junior year of high school, you go through confirmation where you get confirmed into the church, you know, becoming an adult. Uh, so these, these kids, they were all boys, uh, 16, 17 years old, juniors in high school, like I said. Um, I was asked to come talk to him, uh, just uh, a new face that wasn't going to be there all weekend, just somebody that kind of popped in, you know, for, for 30, 45 minutes and kind of gave them a, a, a little glimpse of, of my story, what I went through in life. But I was also asked to, to touch on a couple, you know, key items that these kids are going through in this age, this age point of their lives. And a couple of those things were... Um, were porn, um, were just what it takes to become a man, um, what it takes to respect a woman, um, and what it takes to just really take make that transition, right, from high school kid, you know, still living with your parents, this and that, where now you're about to start college, you're about to start having those more more freedoms. Uh, more responsibilities and where it really counts, right? Because you're about to be of age and some of the small mistakes you made when you were underage might cost you a lot more now. So I was fortunate. I was happy to go talk to him. And, uh, you know, I talked to him, gave him about a, a 10, 15 minute speech of, of some things that I went through in my life. And uh, I think some things hit home. I really do. Um, but if you have a kid, you know, this age, this age group, you know, even, even 13 years old and, and maybe even younger, I'm, I'm hearing more and more that, you know, these kids are getting into porn and looking at porn and, and that kind of stuff. And, and you know, as well as I do, that stuff is just, it just warps your brain. And as a teenager, it, 
it really shows, like it doesn't show what love is, right? What, uh, uh, what the meaning and the, and the, the, the feelings that actually happen when you're, you know, making love to a woman and that stuff. But, you know, and, and as a teenager, you know, I did it. I, I tried whatever I could, you know, fortunately, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have an iPhone, right? Uh, graduated high school in 04, so there was still dial-up internet. So there was a little bit more of a, uh, uh, how would you say that, a little bit more of a gamble, a little bit more of a risk to try to get online and try to find something like that because the <laughs> the dial-up takes so long, you know, and, and oh my goodness, the stupid stuff that we we would, would try to get away with, right? But these kids, you know, they they have iPhones as early as, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. And it's right there at their fingertips. So I was able to discuss that with them, you know, just how how much that that really can, can warp their mind at that age. Warp their expectations of a woman. And, and what that act in a bedroom truly means. Uh, even on how, you know, how they do it, you know, because... As you all know, some of some of those things in in those movies are just not practical, right? I mean, and, and damn near dangerous. Because um, I mean, and guys, look, if we're honest, we're not. Maybe there are some people that are addicted, but men, we are very much. Uh, you know, we we use our eyes. We're visual men. You know, we're visual people. And we have, obviously, the attraction of another woman. And so it's a very hard temptation for us. It's something that we have to deal with all our lives. We're tempted, you know, even when we're 80 and our testosterone's low, we're still going to take a second look at some, you know, some good-looking woman. Now, we have to stop that. It's going to be hard. And like I said, even when we're 80, we're still going to have the temptation. But I think where the temptation comes into... Uh, you know, a sin is whenever you take the second look, the third look, the fourth look, or if you're just outright gawking, you know, it's one thing to kind of take a glance because it catches your eye, but, you know, straighten back up again, discipline, right? We have to discipline ourselves. So, you know, at 34 years old, I can say that the last six months has been the longest time that I've gone without looking at any kind of porn or looking at any kind of, uh, you know, swimsuit magazine or, or, you know, on, on the internet or anything like that. And I'm happy for that. And I'm proud of that. But I can say, if I'm honest with myself, the reason why it's been so easy is because I've been feeling so bad. I think I told y'all this before too, that whenever I'm feeling bad like this, when my stress is high, my anxiety is high, my fears are high. I'm hypersensitive to my, my wrongdoings because I, I so want God to help me so bad. I just I so want him to take all these anxieties from me so bad that I try to do everything right. So I hope that, you know, the last six months has definitely broke that bad habit. Um, I think it has, and I'm going to do my, my, my hardest to, to not go to, back and start looking at that trash again um, because it, it really is worthless you know it really is worthless and i hope for these kids uh you know i gave them a little story about uh when i was in high school and i and i'll leave that between me and them but hopefully it, it 
it brought something home to them, you know, just by how those expectations aren't real. You know, it's not real life. And you can really, you can really hurt somebody. You can really take a gift from somebody if you use that, you know, and you use those things against them. So, so also, uh, like I said, it was trying to get them their mindset of, you know, what it takes to be a real man. And I still have a work, a lot of work to do myself, but the first thing was, uh, like-minded men, you know, they're with a group of probably, you know, 14, 15, uh, other boys and being with those, that group of kids, you know, um, that are, are at a church retreat instead of, you know, running the roads that weekend. Now, half of them were probably there because they were made to be there, but they still showed up, you know, and that's great. And, and I hope that they can see, and one day they will, they'll look back at that weekend and they'll realize that that was a foundation for them. That was the start of something that they'll never lose because when it does get bad, when they do find themselves down a wrong road, they have that base, they have that, uh, that structure to go back, you know, to go back to that day, to go back to church where they really found a home and really found other men that were willing to help them and guide them through tough times, you know. So, but I did tell them about um, imagination, and I used the the quote from Steve Harvey and Albert Einstein that I said back in one of the episodes was, you know, uh, imagination is everything. It is life's preview to coming attractions. Okay, it's the preview to life's coming attractions. There we go. And the reason why I told them that was because, you know, at, at this age right now is really where they can start using their imagination, using what God has shown them in their imagination to go chase that, you know, go chase those dreams, go chase that imagination. Because now, you know, at 34 years old, a wife, four kids, it's kind of hard for me to chase that imagination. It's kind of hard for me to chase those dreams now, you know, because uh, I have a family to provide for. Now, granted, I'm leaving that door open because I really do believe that God provides and in his time, he will show me what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And if it's to be exactly where I'm at and to work this career for another 30 years, then so be it. But I really wanted to push home that at this point right now in their lives, they can literally do whatever they want to do. They can do whatever they put their minds to right now because they have nothing holding them back. And don't get it twisted. My family isn't holding me back, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Right now, they have nothing else to live for but their selves and their dreams and whatever they put their minds to. And I also warned them, too, that sometimes when you tell your imagination to somebody, they might not get it. They might shoot it down. They might say it's stupid or they'll, they'll tell you, you know, how hard it's going to be because... They don't, they can't see your imagination. God's the only one that's given you that. So you're the only one that can see it just like you can't see theirs. So live that, you know, take, take that imagination, use it for yourself. Don't worry about what other, excuse me, whatever other people think. And then, like I said, what I forgot to talk to them, to them about, uh, cause I was kind of nervous and I, I didn't write anything down. I just kind of wanted to wing it and, 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 uh, you know, come from the heart and what God wanted me to say. But what I wanted to tell them also is that, you know, hard work, 
nothing discounts hard work. I am honestly probably one of the dumbest people I know. And I'm serious when I say that. I read like a fourth grader. I'm not very smart. I don't know a lot of mechanical things, but yet I'm working in the industry. Um, I'm just good with people, you know, and I worked hard. I've worked really hard to get where I'm at and I still work hard whenever I need to, but there, there's nothing that can take away from hard work. It, it's truly what has gotten me everything that I have, everything that I've worked for is just, if you're willing to, to work hard, not necessarily even hustle, but just hard work, you know, just getting up every day, doing what you have to do, being disciplined. And I really wish I would have told them that, but, um, you know, maybe that's not what they needed to hear. Maybe, maybe the other things is what they needed to hear. Hopefully the imagination, um, talk there was, was something. Cause I really do wish that that was told to me a little more. Um, cause who knows what, what, what would have happened maybe at an earlier time. So like I said, just wanted to do a, a little short and sweet podcast, kind of update y'all on some things that I've come across, some things that I've been studying. Um, do some own, do your own research, you know, go check some of these things out. Go check some of these people out that I've talked about, you know, Steve Harvey, uh, David Goggins, Wim Hof. Uh, those guys have really motivated me and, um, and discipline, man, we have to start discipline ourselves, man, uh, men, women, you know, all of us, if there's something that you know that you need to do, that's going to make your life better, make you happier, then do it, do the work, do the research and take the time to better yourself. Uh, and, and your family, you know, so uh, thank y'all for listening. And like every episode, we'll end this episode with the quote of the day. And today is from Plato, and it sticks to the team of kind of, of self, self-discipline, right? And it says, for a man to conquer himself is the first and noblest of all victories. How true is that? The fight that we're fighting that nobody else can see the fight within us that no one else maybe know about. When we win those small battles, man, those those are the ones that are some big victories. You know, nobody knows that that I've tried to, you know, stop looking at porn many a times in my life. Nobody knows that. Hell, nobody even needs to know that. I probably shouldn't even told you all that, but hey, it is what it is. You know, it helps to talk about these things. Um, just eating right. Why does that have to be so hard? Yeah, you know, we live in Louisiana. We have some really good foods to, that we that we cook. And hey, look, I like to get down in the kitchen myself, but I need to discipline myself right now. I need to show my kids the right way to eat because in the long term, you know, now they're doing all this research on sugar and stuff like that with Alzheimer's. And in the long term, we have to do what's best for ourselves and our families. Discipline, discipline. For a man to conquer himself is the first and noblest of all victories. Look deep inside you. What is there something? What what do you need to discipline yourself the most on today? Get after it. Do it. Love y'all. Praying for y'all. Thank y'all very much.